Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. It's so good to see y'all. Glad you survived the wind today. Anybody that was your was it anybody's first like experience with a pretty windy day in Lubbock? Baylor, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, don't really leave, but <laughs> more some of y'all first. What'd you think? It's ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. <laughs> Have you do, what do you think about the fact that like yesterday was eighty something and then tomorrow I think the low is twenty? Right? That's what my phone said this morning. I, I'm not I wouldn't lie to y'all. Maybe in a joke, but I'm not joking. <laughs> Man, I'm glad that you get to wear your beanie. That's awesome. Hey, if you got your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. I want to remind you, so we're in Philippians tonight. But next week, we start our two-week series called Spring Fling, right? A two-week study for those dating and, well, not dating. So um, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Spring Fling. Philippians chapter 2, though, tonight. Philippians chapter 2. You guys ever, I don't mention this place a lot, but you, you guys ever eaten at, or not eaten, sorry. I guess you could eat. Eaten or gotten uh, coffee at J&B, I'm talking about? I, one of my okay, okay. One of my favorite things about J and B is their chocolate chip cookies. I, I'm not a huge sweets guy. Sweets, they say. Yeah, I uh, don't love dessert, but I do like their chocolate chip cookies. Actually, I haven't had one in a while. I might have to go by there tomorrow. Anyways, but this was probably I don't know, maybe a year ago. It's been a, it's been a long time now. But a couple of us went in. We're kind of like just doing like a. a a drive, I said a drive-by, That's not, we're not doing a drive-by, <laughs> like a, kind of a drive-through thing, just go up, get what we need, and then leave, and so um, we go in, and I don't see any chocolate chip cookies in the little tray, and so I asked the, just on a whim, I asked the girl that's working the register, I said, hey, do y'all happen to have any chocolate chip cookies? Y'all have great chocolate chip cookies, I want to know if you have any, and she said, well, no, we don't. I'm sorry. I said, that's okay. She said, well, I mean, we just, we just pulled some out of the oven. So like, they're really hot and fresh. You wouldn't want those. And I, I just laughed. And I was like, no, really? She said, no, no, really. They're, they're really like hot and they're fresh and still kind of gooey. So you wouldn't want those. And I was like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> I said, I was, no, I said, is, is there any chance I, I could have those exact cookies? <laughs> and she, are you sure you want them? I, Yes, I, yes, like, I really was like, we're not, we're not, we're from different planets or something, maybe she's from one of those we just discovered, right, like, something, <laughs> something's, something's going on here, and I thought, like, either she, she doesn't know what a good cookie is, or she's just not taking her cookie salesmanship very seriously, right, because, like, this is a serious matter here, we got hot gooey cookies, and you don't think I want them, um, but I did not roast her too bad, because I'm like, you know, it's, it's just cookies, right, like, it's just okay, but I think sometimes we treat lots of things in life like that where we don't, like, treat it real serious. I remember one time in seminary, which is just, like, school, if you're confused by that word. But um, we were in the gym, and uh, this guy, was, he was actually in really good shape. But he's sitting on the ab machine, and he's doing abs. And in between sets, he's eating a Snickers bar. And I was like, dude, you're not, you're not serious about this, right? Like, something's wrong here. He's like, what, man? I'm like, you're, like, just, the one thing to be, like, doing, you know, bench press, but, like, you're doing ab workout and eating a Snickers. Something's not right. Yeah, but multitasking, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess you feel good about eating the Snickers if, like, as you're eating it, you're, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't taking it serious. Sometimes, so maybe some of y'all have a part-time job, um, and kind of understandably, it's understandable why you, 
or you may not take it real, real serious because you're like, eh, like it's just getting me through. Like I worked at, and I'm not, you know, no shame in doing this, but I worked at uh, the Gap in the mall for like a month in seminary. Hey, this is how you do it, you know what I'm saying? I learned how to fold them t-shirts. <laughs> and I didn't take it real serious because I, eh, it's no big deal, right? Um, some of you sometimes maybe, unfortunately, <laughs> with school, you're kind of like, eh, right? Like, not a huge deal, um, but the problem is, I'm afraid that sometimes, myself included, we, we treat our Christian walk in a similar way in that, ah, we're just not real serious about it. Yeah, I kind of do the Christian thing, but we're not really sold out to it. We're, we're, not, we're not really all in. We're not really serious about it. I, don't, I think it's a fair question to ask. So if you hear from church, you hear from me, from other people, that you should be serious about your Christian walk, I think a, a normal question is, why? Why should I be serious about living out my faith? Why should, I, why should I be serious about living the Christian life and actually putting into action? Well, I love this. There it is. <laughs> I love this passage in Psalm, man, Philippians. <laughs> He's struggling. I love this passage in Philippians because he kind of gives us, gives us that answer. If you remember last week, he, we were talking about uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, about how we should be humble because who has been humble? Yeah, Jesus, right? He humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. So, so we should be humble like that. So chapter 2, verse 12, he starts off, by, therefore, looking back. That, so looking at the humility of Christ, looking at what he did for us, that he left heaven to come to earth to die for us, to rescue us. Here's what you should do. So chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So he's not saying work out your salvation, that you better try really hard to be a Christian. That's not what he's saying. It's because you've been saved by grace through faith, like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says. Because you've been saved by grace through faith, work out your salvation. Put it into practice. Do something with it, right? So it's not just, um, cool, man, I'm a Christian, so when do I get to go to heaven? It's, yes, that's true, but that means even today, I want to put into practice what God has done for me. So it's not just being a Christian, your salvation is not just a label. No, it's a total transformation that starts from the inside and works its way out. It says, work out your salvation. You know, it, it's one thing to have a gym membership, it's another thing to actually go to the gym, right? Even if you're eating a Snickers bar. <laughs> if you have a gym membership, but you don't go to the gym very often, are you still a member of that gym? Yes, <laughs> as far as the gyms I know of. <clears throat> but does it do you much good if you have a gym membership and never go? No. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you, you've been saved by grace through faith, but you don't always put into practice, you don't always live out your faith, you don't always work out your salvation, which we're going to talk about more specifically what that looks like. If you don't always put it into practice, are you still a Christian? Yeah. But wouldn't it be a lot better if you actually put it into practice, right? If you actually did something with it? Absolutely. It says, work out your salvation. Put it into practice. So again, it's not this just fire insurance, one day I get to go to heaven, I don't have to go to hell. It's right now, I want to be fruitful. I want to work out what God has given me, what he's, what he's asked me to do. So 
I love, we're going to come back to verse 13 in a second. And also talk about that fear and trembling. So don't, don't worry, I've not forgotten that. But skip down to verse 14. He kind of, he kind of, before we get to the why, so to speak, he kind of gives us an example of what it looks like to work out your salvation. Verse 14, he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Let's, let's time out there just for a second. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. What is grumbling? Help me out here. I, mean, I know what it is, but what is it? What's funny is I really, that's how I think of it. Yeah. So now, you're right, thank you. But now with words, what is grumbling? Huh? Complaining, yeah. I'll do this, right? There I, there I go again. What is, what is disputing? Yeah, arguing. Fighting each other, getting, not getting along, right? Do all things without grumbling or disputing. So just to, again, like I said, kind of press and pause here, pulling the car over for a second. Um, as believers, a way that we work out our salvation, put into practice, and not, not just be members of the gym, but actually go to the gym and work out a little bit, is to not complain about everything. And to not argue and bicker over everything. And if I could say, like, to specifically with this group, man, there's, there's no room I think this is kind of inherent in both those words. There's no room for, yeah, I don't really like them. They kind of get on my nerves or don't look at people. <laughs> somebody just rolled their eyes and looked at somebody. Sydney Milton. <laughs> but there's no room for, oh, I don't really like them or these to be kind of weird. So I don't like hanging out with them. There, there, there's no room for that. It doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with everybody. It doesn't mean we're never going to disagree. But if we're going to work out our salvation, our salvation, put it into practice, then there's not room for grumbling and disputing. So now getting kind of back to the why. I'm going to read verse 14 one more time. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So again, Paul was the missionary that started the church, right? So he's saying, he's, he's kind of tying up this thought here and saying, hey, I want you to do this because I, you know, I don't want to have done all this in vain. And he says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So in other words, even if it costs me my life, I want to serve you is what he's saying. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. We could sum this up here. Why should we be serious about living out our faith? This first thing we see. We should be serious about living out our faith because when we do, it helps others to see the light of Jesus in and through us. When we get serious about working out our salvation, doing what Christ has asked us to do, it helps others to see Jesus in and through us. Notice where he says, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Have you noticed, like, and I think it's funny, people all the time on the news or, like, anybody you talk to is like, man, I've never seen it this bad. It's, the world's getting bad. And even Paul, like, 2,000 years ago, described the world as crooked and twisted, right? P- people have always been really jacked up, <laughs> including us. But here's the deal. He's not saying... If, if you do everything right to work out your salvation, then that makes you a child of God. And the idea is that you be seen that way so that as you live out your salvation, you actually try to, to like put into practice what the Bible says to do, that people do begin to see you as, oh, they are children of God. And I love what he says. You shine as lights in the world. 
world, I don't have to tell you, this world is a dark place, right? A lot of people without any hope, with any purpose. And when you live how Jesus has told us to live through Scripture, people get to see a little glimpse of the hope of Jesus, of the light of Jesus. That's one of the reasons why it's really, really important that we put into practice our salvation, that we actually work it out and not just be members. <laughs> Lauren and I, I was super excited this past weekend. I got a, um, it was kind of crazy. I ordered a single hem- hammock, <laughs> a single hammock stand, and the company actually accidentally sent me a three-person hammock stand. And I wrote it back, and I was, was like, hey, do you want me to send it back? I got to be honest, I didn't pay for that. And they said, well, if it makes you happy, just keep it. Makes me happy. So, <laughs> so uh, anyways, this past Friday night, we've been watching The Office because that's like all we watch. Um, and yes, I preach. <laughs> and uh, Lauren and I fallen asleep, and I was like, man, I'm going to go check out this new hammock stand. So I went out and sat in the hammock for a while and just like was rocking, looking up at the sky. And man, there really was not a cloud in the sky. It was, it was beautiful. It, it was stunning. And the reality is, if there had been clouds or even like other distracting lights, I wouldn't have been able to see the stars so clearly. But really, like even with our back porch light on, I could still see the stars so incredibly clearly. Because there was, there was nothing to um, cloud my view, to distort my view. When, when we have sin in our lives and we're not active in living out our faith, putting into practice our salvation, it's like we cloud people's view of them seeing Christ in us. So when you're just kind of like, eh, it's not a big deal. I don't need to be that serious about living out my faith. People don't really get to see Jesus in you. Question, even when the clouds are there, are the stars still there? Yeah, absolutely. So, man, when I'm, even when I'm not real serious about my faith, if I really am a Christian, that light is still, it's, it's still there. But people have a hard time seeing it because of sin in my life. And we need to begin to move those clouds away and let people see Jesus in us. Think about how many people have been completely turned off and disgusted by Christianity because when they look at us, all they see is a bunch of clouds. And I I don't even mean like because we're, man, we're just all out partying, living crazy, but just because we're not working out our salvation. So it's kind of cloudy when they look at us. And we, we need to work out our salvation. So that means we need to be forgiving. Oh, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one, uh, one another, tender-hearted, hearted, <laughs> forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. Tender-hearted. So I'm not this, it's okay to be a manly man, but I don't need to be walking around with this like hard heart and like, man, I don't care what your problems are. Like, you need to be tender-hearted. It means we need to be patient with people. And these means that when we encounter difficulty and we come into situations that we really can't control, we need to choose faith over fear. And when we do that, people look at that and say, man, there's something different about you. We move the clouds out of the way and they can see the light of Jesus a little bit better. It needs me to, to daily choose to believe what Jesus says about us what, through Scripture and not just what the world says about us. And as we do that, as we work out our salvation People see the hope of Jesus. And some of you may say, 
I don't know, Brandon. My past is so cloudy. I don't know how anyone could ever see the light of Jesus in me. We say this a lot around here. I stole it from Mark Driscoll. Your past explains you, but it does not define you. Your identity, I love this, in verse 15 says your identity, if you're a Christian, is as a child of God. So you know what? If you're a child of God, those clouds don't have to hang in front of you and distort who you are. No, he's giving you a new identity. What is someone that's doing the discipleship stuff right now? What is um, 2 Corinthians, is it 5.17? That's right, yeah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You don't have to live in the clouds anymore, right? You can let people see the light of Christ in you. But you got, you got to put it into practice. One more thing I, Paul wants us to see here. This is so cool. And I, hopefully it's really, I, it's encouraging to me. I think when we think about, man, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. And he's supposed to, I'm supposed to let his light shine through me as I put my faith into practice and live how he wants me to live. That can feel kind of a burden, like a burden. But here's what's cool. Before God works through you, for other people to see, he works in you. Okay, before he works through you, he works in you. Check this out. I'm going to go back and, let's go back and read verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only is it my presence, but much more in my absence. So time out there for a second. Again, he's saying, hey, as your like, pastoral leader, whether I'm with you or not, I want you to be consistent living out your faith. Halfway through verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. So not like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. But this sense of awe, A-W-E, awe, right? This sense of awe and this sense of wonder. And really you could say a seriousness. Again, so why should we live out our faith and be serious about living out our faith? The first reason we saw was because others can see the light of Jesus when we do that. Here's the second reason. Live out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Man, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Why should we be serious about living out our faith? We should be serious about living out our faith because God himself is working in us to help us live out our faith. To say, you can say it this way. God is working. If you're a Christian, he is working in you to give you the ability and the desire to live for him. Think about that for a second. This really should be one of the most encouraging verses there is, if you're a Christian. The God of the universe, who literally, even when he was on the cross, held the universe together. Just think about it. He's hanging on the cross, and he's keeping that guy's heart beating, letting him get some oxygen. He's holding the universe together. That same God, if you're a Christian, is working inside of you to help give you the ability and the desire, the want to, to live for him. I mean, that is so encouraging to me. Because on my own, there's so many days where I'm like, you ever do this? You ever notice, like, you can do the same routine, but some, day, some days you get up and you're just like, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't feel like living for God today. I, I'm prone to do that. So it's so cool to know that God himself is working in me to help me work out my salvation, to help me live for him. And even, so... In fear and all. Think about how that's even possible because even while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. So even the fact that like that he left heaven, came to earth, died on the cross for me, even that should cause me to be in awe that 
Not only does he want to work inside of me, he went to the point of death so that he could live inside of me and change me from the inside out. Y'all, we face, I know we face so many different temptations and struggles and things. And here's the cool thing. You are not alone. I don't keep saying it, but I don't, I, it's just simple and it should encourage you. God, if you're a Christian, God is working in you to help you live for him. You know what's really cool to think about? Remember what we talked about last week about putting other people first and being selfless and being humble? Does anyone find that just easy to do? It's just like, you know what? I naturally love putting other people first and focusing on them. Does anyone find that easy to do? Don't raise your hand. Okay. If you do, we'll call you a liar. No one does that naturally. No one lives the way of the cross naturally. No one naturally says, you know what? It's not about me, guys. I'm going to focus on other people today. No one naturally says, you know what? I want to humble myself. I want to put other people first. No one naturally says, you know what? Hey, bro, I know like, you were a complete jerk. I forgive you. No one naturally is patient with other people. No one naturally is, is slow to anger. No one, act, no one naturally shows grace to other people. No one naturally is bold for the gospel. No one naturally faces a hard time like Paul did in prison and says, you know what, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't care what happens. I got Jesus. That's all that matters. No one naturally does that. Here's what's cool. This verse tells us, verse 14, that what I naturally can't do, God supernaturally does in me. So you know what, here's the cool thing. I don't have an excuse not to work out my salvation anymore. And it, I, I want, there's a balance here I want to strike of like, some of us need to quit making excuses of like, well, I, don't, I don't, can't really live up my salvation. And others of us need to be encouraged and realize, man, I've been fighting this struggle and I've been trying to be more bold in my faith. I've been trying to quit this sin. And you know what? Based on this verse, I know that I'm not alone, that he's working in me. And be encouraged. I want to speak to those of us, probably a lot of us, that might make the objection or the excuse of, ah, I just, it's just kind of difficult. It's just tough to live up my salvation. It's hard to take it seriously. I asked Katie for permission to share this story. Um, since she's cool with it. If she beats me up later, then maybe she changed her mind. <laughs> um, this summer, Lauren and I, with her work, had the opportunity to go to Kenya, a really cool trip, Kenya, Africa. And... Um, the Richie, Carrie, Richie, Katie, and Emily's dad actually works there, so their family was on the trip too. And so we flew from Dallas to London, and then London to Nairobi. And when we were getting on our plane in London, like, we're fixing to get on, and a crazy thing happens. The, we go up to, like, recheck, I don't know, like, get new tickets or whatever, and the lady says, oh, well, we're going to put you in business class, and so here you go. And I'm thinking business class. I'm just thinking wider seats, which was very exciting because even London and Nairobi is like 12 hours. No, nine, which is still there, right? Um, yeah, still nine hours. It's a really long ways. And so I was like, business class suite, like a little more room. Y'all, we get on the plane. We walk in. Business class is sweet. <laughs> Let me tell you, at least on this nine-hour flight. So first of all, you know, normally, like in economy, you're... You really are like, how y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? And in, in business, you have your own like suite. Like, you're, like where Reese is sitting back there on those couches back there, it's kind of like that. Like you got a little cubby area. So first of all, you, you sit down and you realize, you look at, it has instructions how to work the seat, which I'm like, instructions for the seat. And the reason there's instructions is because your seat turns into a bed, okay? Yeah, I mean like bed, like lay down, blanket, sheets, pillow, all that kind of stuff. This is pretty epic. 
Not only that, the, the way you're sitting, like your TV can come out, like when you're in con- economy, someone leans their seat back, your TV screen's like this, so you're like trying to watch the movie. And in business class, you just prop that thing right where you want it, right? Just, yeah, whoa, exactly, right? The, the quick side note, I, I felt bad, not our whole group got upgraded, and one of the guys, how, Andrew's probably like 6'5", he walks past us, I couldn't make eye contact with him, <laughs> I couldn't do it, because he's going to be back there like this, and I'm like stretched out, you know. Um, what else could I go on? I mean, so, you know, the difference in economy and business, so economy, they're like, you want, we got an extra GMO sauce fried chicken strip, you want that for lunch? <laughs> and in and, and business, they're like, I'm just butchering some kind of accent, they're like, Sir, would you like the filet mignon or the, the seared mahi-mahi? And you're like, I'll have both. And they're like, that sounds delicious too, right? Like, whatever you want, they, they will hook you up. It really is amazing. I could go on, but the hot towels, all that kind of stuff. So, so this, it's amazing. We get to, like, sleep on this flight after being tired and not getting much sleep. So, really awesome. Um, well, I had to use the restroom, still out there. So uh, this is at like maybe five hours into the flight. I've been feeling good and enjoying sleeping and relaxing, all these cozy things. But I walk up t- towards the front past the Richie family, and I see Carrie, her dad, Miss Stephanie, Emily, Maddie, Grace. And they are, they're all doing what we're doing, sprawled out, blankets, like this is the dream. And Katie is sitting in her chair like this. <laughs> and I think, what is she doing? And I realize she doesn't know what she has. <laughs> I don't know if she got on and just like immediately fell asleep. We didn't talk about that. But she was living like somebody in economy. I'm telling you, she should have been living like somebody in business, okay? <laughs> she was missing out. I even like, I felt so bad for her. Like she really was just all scrunched up. And I'm thinking like, she could be laying down. So uh, there's these buttons. So I go over there and I start, I think, the way she's sitting, I think, if I just hit the button just right, it'll just, it'll just drag her out. Well, I start hitting the button and this guy, the, the cubbies are kind of like catty corner. And this other man it looks at me like, and I realized, he has no clue that I know this girl. <laughs> so I just kind of, another, another tap, and I was like, just, <laughs> just leave her be, right? Like, no reason to mess with that. If we, now this didn't happen, because apparently Katie can sleep anywhere in any position. She's, she can sleep. But if we would have got to Nairobi and got off the plane, and Katie would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. That was such a hard flight. What would we have said? <laughs> girl. <laughs> I, I probably personally wouldn't have said girl, but <laughs> we, okay, maybe so. <laughs> we, we would have said, that's your fault, right? And I would have been like, I tried to help you. <laughs> we would have said, hey, everything you needed, you, you had, but you were, you were living like you were still an economy, right? Like you, you, were, you were not taking full advantage of what you had. I tell that long, ridiculous story, though true. <laughs> Some of us, maybe most of us, we treat our Christian life that way in that we're thinking like economy. What I mean is like how we used to be. We, we act like the Christian life is just us on our own. And I think maybe tonight God would come up and like actually wake you up like I should have done to Katie and say, hey, I've got a lot to offer you. Like You just need to take advantage of it. I... I want to work in you and, and through you. I want to give you the ability and desires to, to live how I want you to live based on Scripture. You just, you just got to realize it. And I don't think that's this like, like Katie didn't have to do, she didn't do anything to, none of us deserved to get bumped up to business, right? It was just like, it was just kind of given to us. If you're a Christian, God just says, hey, I, 
I'm going to work. It's not just like second blessing or I have to do something special. No, if you're a Christian, God just says, hey, I want to work inside you and help you become more like me. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy or perfect. Even in business, you still face turbulence. <laughs> but that he's, he's, he's got you. That flight was much, much easier in business than it would have been in economy. And, and Andrew, the 6'5 guy, would agree with that. <laughs> the Christian life is much, much more exciting, more satisfying, and maybe, dare I say, easier when you realize God is working inside of you. You've got what you need. You've got the resources. His name is Jesus. <laughs> He's working inside of you to give you the ability and desire to live for him. So as we finish up, I want to ask you, what excuses are you using to not be serious about living out your faith? I just don't have time or it's not that big of a deal. What? No, we have every reason to be serious about living out our faith. First of all, from what we saw in the first part of chapter 2, that meant Jesus he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross to save us. I mean, he is our example and he is our motivation. We should want to be like him and realize, man, if he can humble himself, I can humble myself. I can be serious about living the Christian life. Another reason, because when we are serious about our faith, about living it out, man, we shine as lights in a really dark world. People get to see Jesus in us. And the third reason we should live out our faith and take it seriously is because we really have no excuses not to because Jesus, God himself, is working in us. So I want to ask you, how do you tonight need to decide to be more serious about living out your faith? I admit that the possibilities are numerous, right? Maybe getting more serious about living out your faith is, I'm going to actually like spend time in God's word. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm going to choose joy even in difficult times. Maybe it's, Hey, I need to get more like serious about coming to church. Maybe it's, hey, I, I'm going to quit being so scared to share the gospel. And I'm going to start being bold. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to quit. I'm going to start being serious about my faith by, I'm going to quit being so self-centered. I'm going to start focusing on other people. We have every reason to be serious about living out our faith. And so let's, let's do it. You've got to decide, and the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. What does that look like for you?